welcome to Bookshelf Shelfies. I'm your host, Mary Barbara Hanna. Here we interview everyday people about their extraordinary lives and the books that influence them. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bookshelf Shelfies. It's Mary Barbara Hanna here, your host. And today I have with me a, a newcomer, someone I have not met before. And I'll give you a little background on how we met, but I'd like to introduce you to author Kelly Martin. Welcome, Kelly. Hello. Thank you for having me. So Kelly and I met on something called Podcorn, which is a way for podcasters to uh, fund their podcasting. And you look for other people who are looking to get their books known or get their podcasts out there or sell their products. And so Kelly very kindly came on to do an interview with me. And I can't wait for you to hear all about what she does because she's very intriguing. So Kelly, what attracted me to your um, information? Two things. You're a special ed teacher and you write horror novels. Yeah. Kind of like a little bit separate. Yeah. Kind of like two ends of the spectrum there, you know, like this loving, kind Kelly. Oh, miss. What do they call you in school? Do they call you miss Kelly? Kelly? Yeah. So loving, kind miss Kelly. And then I did a little bit of reading on her website and it's like scary, Miss Kelly, don't leave me in the dark with her <laughs> kind of person. Yeah. Um, so, so Kelly, let's start with your day job. Yes. Tell us a little bit about being a special ed teacher, perhaps how you were drawn to it. How did you know that this is something you wanted to do? I've been teaching, this is my 18th year teaching. Okay, and well, you look like you're 12, so I'm not really sure. Thank you. I just turned 40 last month. No, Kelly, I have to tell you when I looked, and this is no lie. When I looked at your website and I looked at your picture, I really thought you were like 23 years old. Bless your heart. Oh, girl. She's she's a writer. And now you're like, no, I'm 40. And now um, off the air, you'll have to tell me your skin regimen. Good jeans. Aren't you lucky? Yeah, that's good. That's good. (laughs) Yeah, I've been, this is my 18th year teaching. Um, it's my 14th, no, my 15th in special ed. And I've been teaching special ed pre-K for, this is my 13th year of that. Um, I have, I used to teach three and fours together and now I just have the four-year-olds and it is a chaotic, wild, um, loving, sweet, day yeah, <laughs> with them what um what have you been doing during the pandemic we've actually uh last year March the 13th was our last day of school mm-hmm. and then we did um learning from home for the rest of the year and then this year we've been full full class full time. been in the classroom yeah mm-hmm. um yeah lots of cleaning Temperature three times a day, cleaning at least three times a day, more than that, um, mask, things like that. I had my COVID shots. Um, oh, good. So, um, yeah. That's good. I, I'm a big proponent of vac- vaccination. And uh, I, I know I have friends who are determined not to get the vaccine. Hey, everybody, you know, March to your own drummer is fine. But, um, you know, I'm all about it. So, yeah, uh, I think it depends. I think it's all up to you and you know, I've got little kids that, that want hugs and they want to be, they don't, I eat lunch with my, my kids, my okay. school babies. Okay. So, I mean, they can come up and just talk and, you know, they accidentally spit your food, and, <laughs> you know. Well, so. for sure. I mean, you probably wish there were a lot of vaccines for all kinds <laughs> of things out there. <laughs> Not just, uh, yeah, hey, there could be some other stuff you'd like to have a yeah. vaccine for. So, uh, so that's so great. And what, so you work Monday through Friday, like 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. kind of thing. That's a long day. And then in the 730 evening, to 315. Oh, okay. Okay. 315. You come home four o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, then somehow in the evening, in these twilight hours, you turn from the beautiful Miss Kelly, pre-K <laughs> special ed teacher into like Elvira. Do you know, do you know Elvira? <laughs> Are you old enough? Of we course, you're 40. Elvira. You're 
<laughs> so, you know, you kind of become the, although you look very nice. I mean, you look very yeah! nice there. It's difficult. I mean, it's kind of like looking at Stephen King, who's just like this mild mannered, you know, guy just kind of going <laughs> along and then you get insight into his thoughts and uh, it's, it can be a little frightening. What, um, what, when did you realize, how did you find your genre? That's really what I should ask you. So describe for folks at home, my listeners, what your genre is and how you discovered it. I write all different ages of horror and paranormal. Now, I started writing young adult Christian books, which have evolved. Can I just say, you know, anything involving spiritualism or anything beyond what we consider the physical normalness is still paranormal, right? There you go. Angels or if it's spooks or what have you. I mean, those things are paranormal too. They're just above the air. You know, they're supernatural. That's all it is. I mean, it's just above the yeah. natural world. So I did that and I've written Regency. I've written um, Contemporary. And when I decided to really, when I started writing like 10 years ago, they were the big thing that they would tell writers would be don't just write in one genre, write in a bunch of different genres. And now they're like, no, no, your brand, don't do that. Don't do that. So I was still trying to find what I wanted to write. And then I got to looking at all the books that I'd written up until that point. And they all, even though they wasn't horror or they wasn't exactly paranormal, they all had at least one scary scene in them. And there's a scene in Crossing the Deep, which is my very first book. And it was a dream sequence that was inspired by the Stephen King movie, It. Okay. And I should have known then. And then there was a book. It's not even out anymore. It was a Regency series and it was the second book in the series. And there was a scene. It's not even a scary scene or supposed to be a scary scene, but there's, it just, it has, it scares me more than anything I've ever written. And it wasn't even a scary book. It was just, well, it was, this girl was having like a fever dream and Mm -hmm. she was upstairs at this old house and she was cleaning and she asked this other lady who was not there, but she thought she was there, what the guy that owned the house kept behind the doors. And she said, that's where the bodies are. And I don't know why that freaked me out so bad every time. And I would go through editing it and I would forget it was there. And I'm going to edit it, edit it. And I get to that part. <laughs> so once, once I figured out that it was in everything anyway, I was like, okay, I always put it in my books. I love looking at old houses. I love going abandoned house hunting. I loved, like, when I was little, my favorite TV show was Are You Afraid of the Dark? My favorite wrestler was The Undertaker. You know, it's kind of, it's all built up to this, (laughs) to this moment. (laughs) That's so great. I, um, so coming back to, um, when you were first writing and coming up with some of the scary scenes. Oh, I know. Do you find as a writer that you're, I mean, um, when you're developing your characters and these things are happening, I, I interviewed an author last week and he was just talking about sort of getting in the flow once the story is going and he's just writing, you know, he's, he is not doing the writing and the characters are telling the story. Yeah. Would you say that's similar for you? Yeah. I think I'm a pantser. I don't, I lately I've tried to do more outlining but I don't even know how my stories are going to end when I write them if I know how a story is going to end I get bored and I don't want to write it because I already know how it ends like why when I want to see how it ends um but yeah I can I can I definitely have some characters who have taken over Mm -hmm. I have a series called Heartless that is out there um and the main character in that his name's heart one of the main characters in his name's heart he's not a nice person he's a demon he's not nice at all you think he has no redeeming qualities at all and then he it ends up being a five book series and it's like a big arc of you know and so that definitely took over (laughs) definitely um took some turns and changes and I like when that happens I like when 
I don't think you should wrestle a story. I don't I don't think you should make your characters fit into the plot. I think you have your characters and you try to figure out how they would organically react to a certain mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't I don't think it works as well. Now some people can peg them in where they want them and I applaud those people. I cannot do <laughs> <laughs> I like I like writing from the first word to the last word. And you know, I'll go through and edit it, of course, but that's how I, I like it. I like when they take over. Do you think is it possible that you're a spiritual medium? I not thought about it. <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to look into that. I'm just saying, you know, because, um, and you can tell us a little bit about, I don't know if you grew up in a spooky house, but you said you live in maybe a haunted house right now and that you enjoy, um, let's see it. It says Halloween queen, cat mom and haunted house seekers. So with all that going on and then sort of channeling these characters and the genre, um, you know, just as you were talking, you're like, oh, they just take over. I'm like, oh, it sounds a little bit like being a medium. I don't know. I've never really thought about it, but I do live in a very, very spooky house. Some things have happened. Um, Let's come back to that. We'll come back to that (laughs) because the one thing I wanted to ask you about, so this book, um, so what, so the book that we're, and let me share my screen for a moment for our folks at home there. uh, We're talking about tonight is the book that has just come out and it's called fake Nora. So you can tell us a little bit about how Nora spoke to you. How did you know she needed a story to be her story to be told? And then um, you had some really exciting news at the beginning of March about a character fake Nora. So tell us all about that. Fake Nora is my second middle grade spooky book. Uh, It's about middle grade spooky book. Yeah, this is like goosebumps on steroids. I read a couple pages of uh, what I could find, and I was already. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's a, it is spooky. I mean, I don't. You know, kids have to be brave to read this stuff. Although I think there's probably a lot more. You know, when I was growing up, I'm only uh, you know 20 years older than you are, but uh, I Stephen King, of course, was hot in the press back then in the 80s, and um, that was really my first introduction to scary stuff. Jane Eyre was probably the scariest thing I was reading about the crazy wife in the attic. Yes. But, um, you know, there really wasn't, or as far as I knew, we had like um, a wrinkle in time. That was a little odd. You know, that was kind of spooky. But there, you know, Nancy Drew, those kinds of mysteries, you know, that were solvable. Or, yeah. or Scooby-Doo, you know, the blasted, yes. you blasted kids. So reading what I was reading, the few things that I read or the page or two that I, I read, I was just, I, uh, <laughs> I was a little scared. So anyway, so I, I just want my audience to know this is why I was excited to have you on because you do write all kinds of genres, but what you're hot in right now is for middle grade horror. Middle grade horror and young adult horror and adult horror. And yeah, yeah. it's all out middle- there. It's all out there, folks. You can find it. All right. So <laughs> no, tell us about went- fake Nora. Well, I, well, speaking of just the, the middle grade horror, I went to my school had a scholastic book fair and I went, uh, I was walking down the hall and the librarian came up to me and she said, just so you know, there's a lot of horror this year. And I was like, okay. So I went in there and I bought like five, yeah, six, six middle grade horror books from our uh, school scholastic book fair <laughs> I love scholastic book fair I was so excited that little paper came out well for us it did it came on like it was almost like newspaper yes it was that little thing and I oh man I, I couldn't I didn't get them very often but every now and then I was allowed to get something and it was so yeah. exciting. all right I'm done birthday money. Get that. but yeah fake Nora is about a girl who she has a little brother named Nolan and a mom and a dad and her mama likes antique things um I like going to antique stores too so that's kind of where that came from and they go to this antique store they've never been to and there's this mirror that on top of this dresser that says do not touch and she's been in um places and and antique stores her whole life so she knows not to you know go against it but there's something about this mirror that just draws her to it 
And so her mama finds her and she's like, that's exactly what I was looking for. So they buy it and they take it home. And then you find out that there's a thing, a doppelganger mm-hmm. that is stuck mm-hmm. inside the mirror mm-hmm. and uh, Nora touches it, touches the mirror. They switch places. Fake Nora um, feeds on fear. That's how she survives. And she tries to feed on the fear of Nora's mom and dad, but they are a little crafty or a little bit, um, not crafty, a little suspicious mm. of why she's acting like she is. Cause Nora has been in that mirror since the forties. Oh, uh, So, so her dialect is different. Her, you know, what she calls Nora's mom and dad's different. Mm-hmm. Um, and they pick up on it. So she can't feed off them so she goes after the little brother to make him scared so she can feed off him I think that's what I read there was I read a couple passages and she's saying she wanted him to say it because she always liked it when they actually said it the thing you know I'm scared and she's like yeah keep telling me that I love it I was just like yeah she's so so creepy yeah she's creepy is yeah. creepy mm-hmm. um and then nora is in the reflection land which is inside the mirror and she um meets a guy in another mirror named jesse and he's 13 oh, and they God. are trying to figure out how to get out or she is and he's like there's no way to get out and there's also some things in the reflection world called the bad ones mm-hmm. which is the title of the new book that's coming out next March. Um, it's they're both standalones. Like you don't have to read Fake Nora to read um, the bad the ones. Bad you ones. don't have to read the bad ones to read Fake Nora, but it helps. Sure, right. I mean, you're building. You're kind of building this, for lack of a better word, community. So, yeah. you know, you don't necessarily have to go in every house to to meet people in the community. But when you're, if you really want to enjoy it. Right. And, and I think going in from the ground, I mean, this is the, this is the first, it's a standalone, but if you want to get to know what's the background of the stories, start with fake Nora, yeah. because then when you go on to the bad ones, the explanation has already been given. I'm sure you re, you know, regu- re, re, right. it or review it, but, um, I, and there, why spare yourself? Right. The frightful fun of fake Nora. Don't do that. Read it. Exactly. (laughs) We actually had no intention of having a next book in this particular universe or whatever. But when my publisher started sending the arts out, uh, I got so many messages. They wanted Jesse's story. They needed Jesse's story. And I would get like DMs and people would they would post about reading it and they're like, we want Jesse's story. And then my publisher got the same things and they were like, they messaged me and they were like, you think we could like, yeah, yeah, sure. Well, why not? Let's give the people what they want. Excellent. Excellent. So that's, so there you have it. Now explain why we're not showing the book live because it is COVID number one, right? COVID world. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I had ordered, I got my publisher copy uh, back in January. And then I ordered a bunch to, I've, I've sold them to give to people. Um, and the, I don't know if, if the, the book company didn't get them outright or if it got lost in the mail or if I'm just going to end up with a whole bunch of books at one time. I don't know. But I did have a physical hardcover copy and a parent who had their daughter, who's 10, she'd read what Rachel did and loved it. And when she found out last year that I was going to have a book out this year, she asked her daddy, that's what she wanted for Chris for her birthday. Mm, mm. And her birthday was in February and, and Fake Nora came out in March. And I was like, I, I will, I will sell you this copy. So, so they got it so she had a very good birthday and she was very happy so currently yeah currently really the only copy out there it is yeah well there's so been it's... a few got them off amazon but it's the only signed copy oh there you go that's exciting yeah, yeah. the only signed copy all right so let's go back a little bit then so what i want my listeners at home to know special ed teacher 
uh, you know, she writes these the spooky genres, the horror genres, but not, I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated. I think there's a lot of people that write for the adult world and so forth, but really the middle school to be able to key in to what, I mean, how do you decide what is spooky enough for a kid in that grade? I mean, in that age range and what is the age range? Eight to 10, eight to 12, 12? Um, they have nine to 12. I say nine to 90 plus. Okay, <laughs> okay. sure, sure. That's yeah, my, yeah, we're officially the, you don't have to it's nine to 12, but I think anybody can, can yeah, enjoy them. it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, is, I, but how do you know when it's, how do you, how do you know when you've got da- danced up to that line where for a nine-year-old, it might be that. Yeah, and you don't want to go over it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's a very fine line um, that we did go back a little bit on some of the scares. Um, I don't think in middle grade, this is just me personally. I don't think that you need um, definitely not a lot of gore. Definitely not a lot of um, too many jump scares. You don't have a few, but not overly. Um, I don't think you should have for me, I think that most middle grade horror books deal a lot with fear, not just like fear of monsters, but like fear of, of internal things, mm-hmm. things that, that you feel, but it's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, it's how you fight those fears or how you go through those fears, like in Vague Nora. Nolan's actually the one that has to fight through his fears because he's the one feeding fake Nora. So he has to figure out ways to calm himself down so he can try to starve her. What were you afraid of when you were nine? Oh gosh. I've never, like, I'm not afraid of them, but I don't like mirrors. Okay. <laughs> I know that's the weirdest thing. Not necessarily. Um, you know, just curious as to how that happened, do you think? I mean, just all when I was little, do you remember the TV show Twin Peaks? Um I basically. never watched it. Yeah, no me never either. I mean, I know it. I know of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was really little and there was a commercial for the TV show. And there was a lady and she had on a really, really pretty purple sweater, which was my favorite color. So I got really close to the TV because I didn't know it was Twin Peaks. I didn't know it was scary. And she was, she was like in a bathroom mirror or in a bathroom and she reached toward the mirror and the mirror reached toward her. And I've not liked mirrors ever since. (laughs) Wow. I could see how you'd be like, Hey, I didn't know that was possible. Yeah. That happened to me too. Uh, Right. And so it's, it's no wonder that eventually fake Nora came along. Yeah. About mirrors. Yeah. And, and the life of the reflection behind the mirror. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. I mean, that little seed got planted Mm -hmm. in teeny tiny little Kelly Martin, all those years, or Kelly, I don't know if that's your married name or not, but (laughs) Kelly Martin, you know, all those years ago, and it's just been waiting to come out. Mm -hmm. That is, Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. All right. Very good. Um, So let's go to Halloween Queen. You've always been a fan of Halloween. I love Halloween. It's my favorite. I would say it's my favorite holiday, but it's my favorite season. Yeah, the fall. Halloween the is fall? just a season. Uh, besides fall, Halloween okay. oh, is just the season. It's the season. It is the season. I love Halloween. I love fall. It's my favorite season. Um, I love, I like, I'm ready for Halloween when it like gets July. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I started po- I start posting Halloween things in August. I follow a lot of um the um Halloween three sixty-five or um uh, autumn cozy autumn things on Instagram that post okay. that daily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. I love Halloween. I, I like it but I like it because there's not as much pressure as a lot of other holidays. Mm-hmm. Like you get to dress up. Well, I don't dress up, but I take my kids trick or treating. Uh, there's no like I love Christmas, but it's it can be stressful. Yes. <laughs> you know, buying yeah, all sure. presents and Valentine's Day can be stressful. And you know, I like the not so stressful holidays. So 
you're right. There is a lot to be said for Halloween, just being fun and putting yourself or your kids in costumes and handing out candy. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was a kid, it was a much bigger deal uh, where we lived in a neighborhood. I'm from Cleveland originally. And, uh, you know, we out, my mom was great. You know, our back then the newspaper, we all got daily papers, uh, would print a, the plain dealer would print a big pumpkin news. And so that was like a big deal a day, a couple of days before Halloween to tape that on the front door. And, you know, my mom and the pumpkin, she would carve and have the candles inside. Mm-hmm. Of course, being from Cleveland, um, it was usually probably 45 degrees and snowing by that time in Cleveland. So it was kind of, it kind of, it's kind of sucky because you'd have this really great costume and you have to wear your winter coat over it yeah. or, or try to get your, your costume over the winter coat. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes when it was, the weather was decent, but um, no, mostly it was just usually cold or rainy and what have you. Um, this Halloween was fun. I mean, we couldn't go trick or treating, of course, because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah, but it was a full moon and it was so warm. I mean, it wasn't warm, warm, but it was nice outside. So since I couldn't, my girls are uh, 15, 14 and 10 now. So they, my 10 year old would have went trick or treat. Mm -hmm. My others would have handed out candy. But since we couldn't do that, we all got flashlights and I live on a back road. I Mm -hmm. don't live on the main road. So we took our flashlights and we walk our road in the dark in the full moon on Halloween and it was the funnest thing. They all had a great time. So I really, really enjoyed it. Now, are your daughters like, um, I've heard the term beta readers where people that help authors, where they start reading along and and giving ideas and feedback Do your daughters. um, No, they won't read my books. Now, do they, is it because like, oh gosh, mom, so weird. Yeah, like it's scary. I can't read that scary book. No, 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 no. They like scary things. Yeah, it's that mama wrote it. Right. You know, it's not as they know mama. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Mama wrote it. You know, you hear this often. I mean, you know, I don't really know anyone famous besides you now. But um, (laughs) when their kids are, you know, like actors, you hear actors talking, and they're like, "What do your kids think?" And they're like, "They don't even care that I'm in the movie. Mm -hmm. Like, they're just like, Dad, I need a ride." No, yeah, right. I don't, I don't care that you're on set all day, whatever it is. You know, I need a ride and I need 20 bucks. Right. So, I was yeah. at I was at a book convention and the, the the main speaker, she she had this big speech and you know, she got, I mean, it was a big convention and we got an elevator together and she was on the phone because her daughter who lived in Florida, and this was in Nashville, needed was asking her mama where to find her music. <laughs> she just got off stage with 100, 200 people watching her. Yeah. Center of attention. Right. Everybody wanting her attention. And so, you know, wanting her career and all this stuff. And then her daughter's like, where's my music? Yeah, right. I don't care what you're doing over there. I always kind of teach my daughter is a professional photographer and lives in New York City. Whenever she comes home, I say things like, and you still have to clean the cat box. You know, that's the reality, sister. I don't care what you do or where you live. Get over there. The dishes, the garbage, the cat box, right? My girls are more excited if I have an interview. And they're like, that's cool, mama. And they're like, well, you need to read. I'm like, no, it's fine. (laughs) I can tell you, my husband... Well, I won't show everybody in the podcasting world, but my husband, I'm just, we have, um, we live in this old farmhouse in West Virginia and uh, people who've listened to me know the whole backstory. So anyway, it's just kind of one long room here. And my husband's actually sitting right over there watching TV with his headphones on. He has never listened to any of my podcasts, to any of the, no. I actually interviewed Jen Ellis, who is the woman that knitted the um, mittens that Bernie Sanders wore. Really? Yeah, I, I got to meet her um, just online through a knitting group, and I asked her to be on. And of course, she was very nice, and she came on, and we had a lovely time. I mean, I've and I've inter- like I said, you know, I have some really fun people in these. Inter- I mean, everybody's fun. I think I like yeah. all my interviews. He has no idea. He doesn't know. Um, yes, he doesn't. Yes, my oh, oh, the honey, same that's way. so cute. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's so cute. What are you doing? Oh, that's so cute. Yes. Making a million dollars. No, not really. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So now as so we've talked, oh, so, so your girls don't read your stuff, but they do like scary yes. books. Now, are any of them looking to be writers? 
No. No. <laughs> no. My youngest one did. She wanted to write scary books until one day she was writing a scary book in her room. She had to be, I don't know, six or seven. And there was a storm outside and electricity went out. Oh. Scared her to death. And now oh, she's like, thing. no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have the power. It. I didn't know I had so much power. Mm-hmm. Um, also, in your description, you say you're a cat mom. I don't mm-hmm. know how old that description is, but if you want to tell us, I love cats. So tell us about your being a cat mom. What kind of cats do you got? How many? I have three cats. Technically, I have two cats and a grandcat. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam is six and he's a big, he don't know he's a cat. Okay. He, uh, he had a rough starting out in life. He, his mother got run over and him and his sister stayed with her. Oh. And somebody that I knew had found him on the side of the road and oh. then they took him and he only has one eye because he had trauma in his eye. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. um he he don't know he's a cat. He's you know how a lot of cats, I don't know how your cats are, but if somebody comes to the house, they run. Yes. That's yes, not that's Sam. No. Sam he's a dog. comes out, he introduces himself. He he he's very that. social. Mm-hmm. Uh, my middle cat is Seth. Seth is a, he has some uh, Siamese in him. Oh. He has the biggest blue eyes. Wow. Um, he's my scaredy cat. He's <laughs> the one that is a cat. He does not come around when anybody comes out. And I wish he would, but he's the biggest baby uh, at night when I go to bed. He gets in the crook of my arm and Aww. he just falls back <laughs> like a baby and goes to sleep. <laughs> and Damien is my grand cat he's my oldest daughter's cat and she said well I can tell it too that we treat him different because we're his grandparents especially my husband (laughs) he gives him all kinds of treats (laughs) Um, and he takes up with her he's a big talker he's a long-haired I don't know what but he's there they have all three have so different personalities just now, like did, my kids. <laughs> did these do these kids I in I meant to say cats to the cats, but also your kids. But let's start with the cats. Do they ever make an appearance in your books? No, I don't think I've ever written a pet in a book. Hmm. And I thought about that. I don't remember. I think it was fake Nora that I was thinking about it that I had never done. I don't know why. I, I don't. I don't know why. I'll scare people, but I won't scare animals, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to put the poor scary. animals in danger. That'd be silly. Yeah, right. Um, and my daughter, my middle daughter, actually, uh, well, my, my oldest and my youngest are redheads. So anytime there's like a redhead, that's kind of on them, even well, though they're I not. I think fake, fake Nora. Nora. They're yeah, not right. Nora. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then my middle daughter, Chloe, she was a big inspiration for what Rachel did. Oh. There's um, a, um, the main character in that book. She is, her name's Ava, and she's big in science, and she likes, um, I think the, the, the blurb for that one is, uh, Ava knows, Ava Kirkland knows three things for certain. One, um, Bradley is her BFF. Two, science is the best subject. And three, ghosts aren't real. Two out of three is not bad. <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, right. I love it. I love that. All right. And the last thing that you, uh, w- some words that you used to describe yourself was haunted house seeker. So I don't know if you can share some, if you've had paranormal experiences, are you a ghost hunter? You know, give not us a ghost hunter. Yeah, not a ghost hunter. I like going to like abandoned houses and I don't I don't necessarily go in them because that would be illegal. <laughs> I don't want to trespass. And I'm sure Kelly Martin does not break the law for I do not. She is a law abiding citizen. Yes, I do not go into especially ones that say no trespassing. Don't go into them, even though I would love to. Um I don't. I just take pictures sure. of them. Now I'm starting uh, to doubt you. <laughs> You said it so much. Now I'm wondering. (laughs) I actually don't. I do like going to like, we went to Waverly Hill Sanatorium. Where's um, that located? Sanitarium. That's in Louisville, Kentucky. I got my shirt on. I didn't know. Oh, very nice. Um, 
that's a very haunted place. It's creepy. It's five, five stories. It was a tuberculosis hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we're going to go to Brushy Mountain, which was a state penitentiary. We're going to go sometime this year when everything, you know, opens up and gets better. Down, right. But yeah, we've had some, some weird things happen. There was, I guess the, the first thing I ever saw at this house was we've been living here 17, almost 18 years. And when my young, my middle daughter, she had to be five or six. She was in school. Um, and I had them, um, they were getting in the car and I forgot something. So I came to the bathroom to get it. And she come running down the hall and there's the hall, there's the bathroom. And then there's the guest room. It's in a straight line. And I was like, Chloe, go get in the car. And, and she never came running down the hall. And Chloe has, um, or at the time, she had really curly, long, blonde hair. And that's who went running down the hall. And I stood there and I was like, oh, darn it. <laughs> I went out and looked. Chloe wasn't in the house. Chloe hadn't run by. She went in the room. And I went outside and I got in the car. I was like, Chloe, where have you been? She was like, I was getting in the car, mama. So she hadn't went in the house. So I told my husband, he was like, you were just seeing things, you know. how Wishful like, thinking. Wishful. Yeah. So I was wishing for that to happen. <laughs> so, so it was, I don't know, about a year later. And she had got in a little bit of trouble and she was in the, in the living room and we were in the kitchen we have an open concept so you could see from the kitchen to the living room and my other two daughters were in their room and I was standing with my back to where Chloe was and my husband who's taller than me he could see over my head and we were talking and all at once he said I told her to stay in the living room and I turned around and Chloe put her head up. She's like, I'm right here. And he was like, no, I saw you run by. And Chloe was like, I've, I've been right here. And I said, you saw her. Oh, I was so excited. <laughs> you saw her. He was like, no, uh-uh. So <laughs> he went He went in the girls' room because they all share the same room. And he was like, okay, which one of y'all was running the hall? And they were like, we thought left this room. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so, then, so then he started like, calling everybody that had ever lived here to see <laughs> nope, nobody. Now, the people that lived here before us, they told me like two years ago about all the stuff they'd seen here, but they didn't tell us when we bought the house. Because well, they said if they had, we wouldn't have bought it. Okay. I was like, thanks appreciate that yeah yeah right how old is the house you live in the original house is way over 100 years old okay it was up on the hill and then they moved it down and they renovated it in 80 so even the new part Mm -hmm. is not pretty old yeah right yeah the original part is where you see most of the stuff though from we have an old staircase to an attic and that's where you, between that and this area, mm-hmm, <laughs> is where mm-hmm. you see it the most. Okay. And what, um, what about your daughters? Have they reported anything? Oh yeah. They, they've got to where they don't tell me when they see stuff much now. They're just like, mama, I saw something. I'm like, yeah. No, okay. <laughs> we're just used to it when we went to waverly hills my husband was like please don't bring anything home i'm like we have something here he's like but we know this ghost right <laughs> right strange ghost in my house exactly better the devil you know than the one you don't know right yeah, exactly um and so i was reading and then I, I took some time i was looking at your facebook page and there was a quote in there by heather hildebrand who's a romance author and she was talking about villains do you remember this quote it's a, kind of a longer quote, and I just copied down the last little bit, bit of it. Villains will burn down the world for a last kiss goodbye. Yes. I love villains. Okay, tell me. So who uh, well, maybe, maybe more anti-heroes than villains. But okay, what's vill- the difference, do you think? Can you describe the difference for us? I think villains are, well, it, uh, villains, 
the best kind of villains to me are the villains that think they're the heroes. That if it was told from their point of view, they would be the hero. Mm-hmm. And I guess that would kind of be an anti-hero. But I, I'm not a... I mean, I know there's a place for, for mustache twirling villains, but I like the <laughs> villains that think they're not just there to take over the world. Mm-hmm. They have a reason. They won't... Usually it's revenge because they think they've been wronged. And they that's how I got a four five book series out of Heartless because Hart was that he was the villain and then he turned into an anti-hero who ended up turning into a hero because of his arc um and I think that's I like I like redemption arcs I Mm -hmm. like um when you have the good guy which is good the only real arc you can have is they have to go down to go back up mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's just sad <laughs> i don't it's well it's and predictable and predictable and predictable yeah. and i think that's why a lot of people like villains too because mm-hmm. they're unpredictable mm-hmm. they can get away with things that the good guy can't get away with mm-hmm. um so i i think that's why there's so much there's so much more fun to write. Like, Fake Nora is a total, she's not an anti-hero at all, even though she thinks she's a hero. All she's wanting to do is eat. She's oh. been stuck in this mirror. She was, she uh, she used to live in the world. She got put in the mirror for a reason. And now, and she just wants to be out of the mirror and she just wants to be in the world. Mm. That's, she's just, what she is um and i but she's definitely not an anti-hero at all she she has her motive she has her motivation she thinks she's doing what she has to do to survive i think mm-hmm. those are i think they're very interesting villains when they can do that in trinity row the bill well if i tell bill well no it's fine the villain <laughs> thinking is it a spoiler if I get the villain yeah don't give anything away for sure yeah um that villain let's say is more of a she thought she was doing the right thing too how Mm -hmm. she became the villain is she thought she was doing the right thing which is a whole nother interesting part of the villain okay there's so many cool facets of them I really enjoy how you explore, you know, you let the characters explore all this stuff and they make a story. I mean, I really look forward to getting, I, you know, with this interview came up so fast, I did try to look online and read a little bit or listen to a little bit, but I did not have a chance to buy a book and read it. So I apologize for that, but That's I will right. definitely, you know, be purchasing a couple just to enjoy them. Uh, you know, the one thing I'm thinking about when it comes to writing villains is that it lets us explore a part of ourselves. So for example, in the world I grew up in, you know, I'm, I'm a people pleaser and I always wanted to do the right thing and be a good girl. And um, I was always surprised when girls were naughty and could get away with it because every time I was naughty, I got punished. Yes. So um, I think when I read about villains or girls, I'm always a little envious, like, oh, I, I kind of wanted to be naughty. I mean, I, you know. <laughs> Now I'm 60. Who gives a shit? But, uh, you know, I think that that's um, that, you know, I think a little bit about that. I was just reading a book. That's right here. I'll show you. Now, this is another author I'm actually in, I'm actually interviewing this week and uh, on Friday. And her name is Shelley Brander. And she wrote this book. It's hard to see it. Uh, Move the Needle. Um, unlikely Yarns. Sorry. Unlikely Yarns from an Entrepreneur. Yarns oh. from an Unlikely Entrepreneur. And she starts off by talking about how she has always just been her own person. Even when she was a kid, if you told her no, she, she did it anyway. And I, and, and I think, oh my God, I, when I was told no, I would, you know, I'd be like, oh, okay, I guess I can't do that. And so I can't wait to talk to her because I always want to know, how did you, I mean, weren't you afraid of getting in trouble? So let me ask you, uh, Kelly. Are you a good girl or are you yes. just going to do it anyway? No, you're a good girl. So do you think you're living vicariously through your characters? Think, now that you said that, I think that might be why I'm a teacher. Because I like rules. <laughs> I think rules are important. I think you can bend them. 
And of course, being in, you know, special ed, we have accommodations, which I think you should, but I'm very, I like rules. There was Heartless again. There's this character who is, he's very much a villain, like very, very much. And he, he has a big vendetta against God. So he has this huge speech, like going off on him. And I've had a few people like ask me if I'm okay. (laughs) When people ask you if you're okay because of your villain speech, I'm like, I didn't say it. He did. And they're like, he came from your mind. Well, this is where I think you're going to come back and be like, look, I'm a spiritual medium. I'm just, it isn't me. It's just them coming through. I didn't do it. I said, you can't. I was making dinner. You can't have your bad guy be all moral. That would be silly. Well, he wouldn't be the bad guy. Well, it would be interesting. That would be interesting. I mean, for, you know, and I guess in this case, because we're sort of the topic is fake Nora. So, um, you know, I don't know how much morality goes into t- into a book that starts off at a level for nine year nine year olds. <laughs> you know, true. I mean, I think we try to stick with pretty obvious, you yeah. know, right and wrong. Yeah, right? I'm not trying to sway anybody anyway. I don't. They're not like moral tales of you know you need to do this, you need to do that. Yeah. It's it's uh it's it's a way to deal with fear. And dealing with, you know, how do I get back to my life? Appreciating what you have. I mean, she's a normal person who just, you know, when she was, it was a normal Saturday and she's in this antique place with her mama. She don't mind being there, but there's other places she'd rather be. When she's in reflection land, she can get anything to be in that antique store with her mama. So, you know, it's like perspectives of where you are and, you know, how things change. I love it. The, um, as we start to kind of get to close to wrapping up. So I, as I'm reading about, oh, oh, I know. So then I'm looking at your Facebook page, the Kelly Martin author Facebook page. And there's some kind of, I don't know anything about TikTok. I mean, I know of it, but I don't really know a lot about it. Um, But there was a very scary TikTok for fake Nora, right? How did you make, did you make that or your daughters help you? I mean, how is it the one with the three kids? If it's that one, I didn't make it. My publisher made it. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. I I thought it was for fake Nora, but it was, if it's for fake Nora, I think I've made one for fake Nora, but I think it's the one they made. Okay. Oh no. Was it the one where, um, um, with the stairs, and uh, they were going up the stairs, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that might be it. I made one and the publisher yeah. made one. So let's go look. We <laughs> have the technology. Find Kelly. This is And so you can see when you go to her, when you go to, um, I don't know what this is called. It's like at Kelly Martin author link tree or something. Yeah. It's my link tree when on my website. Okay. And then you can just go through and see every place that you can go. And that's how I got to all the different places. And so what did I, where was I? There has to be, it's not the, oh, oh, there it is. There's Facebook down there. Okay. Let me go look over here on Facebook. Because the other thing then, as I'm scrolling down, so you get a chance to see Kelly's uh, stuff here. Look at how spooky that house is. Fake noise. I love that. I mean, that is just, now, is this a picture you took? Is this a house? No. No. That was really, oh yeah. Here's the one with the, this is a TikTok here, right? Yeah. That's the one Monster Ivy made. Okay. Oh, this is what I was reading. Nothing. What's wrong with you? (sighs) Scared of what? She had a feeling she knew, but she wanted him to say it. It made it so much better when they say it. This is what scared me. <laughs> yeah, so creepy. So creepy. Okay, so that's the one your publisher made? Yeah. All right, but there's another one. Not this one. Not this one here. That's what the is, one I made. What is this? 
Oh yeah, this has got like the lullaby. Right? Yeah. Are There's the nothing stairs? scarier than a strange lullaby. Yeah, are these the stairs in your house? No, no, no. Okay. I bought these. Clips. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if the people at home. Yeah, and then it starts kind of getting in and out, and oh my yeah. god, yeah. Like I'm gonna have to watch Sound of Music before I go to bed tonight, so I don't have nightmares. Like I'm not kidding. Look at that scary face. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. Coming March. Oh god, so scary. Well, I was really impressed with your TikTok skills. Well, thank uh, you. Yeah. So let me. Uh, I'll get us out of there so we don't get distracted. But. Um, <laughs> Uh, oh, I know. So I'm not going to show this because people, I want people to go to your website and and take a look at it or they can find their way to it, but it was the jump scare challenge. Oh yeah. My publisher did that. (laughs) Well, I think I found, I mean, I went, I was trying to find jump scare challenge and then go see the reel that was put together. So I don't know if that's what I actually saw, Um, but there was, uh, this like um, was it one where they're like oh this is michael jackson's house and you have to watch to see him walking is that that one or is that oh yeah yeah that wasn't your thing okay no 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 one of the very first jump scare things i ever saw on the internet this was a while ago um you know the one where it says uh about seeing a ghost in a car and you have to really get close to it yes and then it'll pop up in your face and that done me and I was like I ain't doing that no more <laughs> that's exactly what happened so I'm thinking I'm trying to find because I don't know what a jump scare is even though I, I know what you're talking about I didn't realize yeah. that's what they were called yeah so I'm watching along and it's like hey you know here's one here's two and this is like oh you gotta listen really carefully because they're looking at Michael Jackson's house and you know um, you can see him the ghost of Michael Jackson so I'm really looking and it's so quiet I can't hear anything so I'm turning up the audio turning up the oh, audio no. And then all of a sudden, you know, this thing comes at me oh, screaming. No. I, I jumped a mile on the couch. And my husband looks over like, what are you doing? I'm like, you cannot believe what I just fell for. This is so ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I don't um, like jump scares very much. Yeah. Like, so that was. I, yeah. I would go into like a, a haunted house any day before I would go into a Halloween haunted house. I don't like Halloween. Oh, haunted yeah, houses. you don't like those. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I haven't been to a, a Halloween haunted house for many, 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 many years now. But um, I didn't like it when they just followed you, and you're like, okay, okay, you're so funny, yeah. ha ha ha. And they're like, yeah, right, exactly. And they're just like right on you. And you're like, stop. That's enough of that, my friend. The last. This is. I don't know if this is an appropriate story to tell or not, but oh. the last haunted house I was at, I, it was. A, I was in high school. So um, we were going through it and it was at the very light part. It was in a maze and the lights were out. You don't have to feel for the wall. I was feeling for the wall and all at once there was this yell. It was a man's yell and I was very short and he was very tall. And I'm the one that gave him the jump scare. Hello. Scared us both to death. <laughs> <laughs> I've not been in a haunted house since. <laughs> yeah, I could see how that might put you off. You might be like, "Well, enough of that nonsense." Yeah, I, I don't know, need right? to be doing that anymore. That's oh, so funny. I was just trying to feel my way out. <laughs> I'm not looking for a date, sir. But thank you. Right? Um, yeah. <laughs> that is so funny, Kelly. We're wrapping up here. We're just uh, close to the hour mark. And before we go, do you want to share a passage from any of the books that you've written? Is there anything oh, yeah. you'd like to do a little reading without giving anything away? Of course, without giving away the did plot. Did we do what Rachel did since we did mostly middle grade? Yeah, whatever you want. You can talk about anything. Yeah, I mean, my readers are actually. I mean, my readers. <laughs> no, my listeners um, are a wide range of ages, and some of them have kids in middle school, um, but a lot of them have grandchildren too. So, I yeah. mean, if you want to stick with it, giving them some ideas about birthday gifts and you know, Christmas and so forth. Yes. Awesome. Um, this is from what Rachel did. Um, Jacob Mosley died 20 years ago. His creepy, creepy old house has sat abandoned ever since. At least that's what my best friend Bradley's mom told him. And he told me since he's 
live and watched Tapwell all his life. I moved in at six years old. Everyone had a different take on Jacob Mosley's demise, though. Lots of different rumors. I chose to believe Bradley's version since his mom was a nurse in the hospital the day they brought in dead old man Mosley. The Mosley Manor, as we called it, is a two-story fixer-upper that had probably been white at one time, maybe even pretty, not that it's pretty anymore, was the local ghost story. The house that people dared each other to enter on Halloween. The one that sat ominously smacked in the middle of the town, surrounded by a browning yard, fallen wooden fence, and grass that sways in even the slightest breeze. The one with the new for sale sign sitting in the front yard. The only new thing to touch the house since who knows when. Probably since the ambulance that hauled poor old man Mosley away. Excellent. What a great <laughs> opening. That is that is intriguing. I love that. And I love, um, I just love the voice of, that's Rachel that's speaking? No, Rachel is actually a ghost. In oh, that's actually Ava. Oh, Ava. Okay, well, I yeah. love Ava's voice already. Yeah, and Rachel is haunting Ava. And the whole point of it is to find out what Rachel did. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Well, that's a nice little tease also. I love that. <laughs> That is so great. Kelly, I just want to say thank you so much for your time tonight and letting us hear all, so much interesting stuff about your books and the influence <laughs> and just your sunny personality. Before we go, is there anything you wanted to say or we didn't talk about that you hoped that we would or that you wanted to share with us? I don't think so. I think you answered everything or asked everything. Um, you can just find me on um, good. Instagram or all my links are on my website at Kelly Martin uh, books. Yeah. Kelly Martin um, You can find me on YouTube at Kelly mm-hmm. Martin author. I'm really trying to get to a thousand subscribers. If it doesn't okay. happen, it's fine. Yeah, help a girl out people. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's the goal the someday. Um, but Kelly. yeah. And you can find all my, I'm sorry. No, no, you go. Can, you can find all my books on Amazon and some of them are wide, but they're definitely all Amazon. Excellent. Thank you. So before you go, I have a couple of questions that I like to ask all my guests. When you're reading, do you use a bookmark? Yes. How do you feel about dog ear pages? You know, putting the I page- do it. Oh, you do? You do both? Mm-hmm. What kind of things do you use for a bookmark? Whatever's around. Okay. Kleenex that's not been used. Uh, oh, thanks for thanks for telling yes, us. Yes, yes, I thought I'd put that in I there. I was a little worried. Uh, receipt, any piece of paper that's laying around. Okay, very whatever good. I can find. All right. Do you prefer paperback, hard book, ebook? What's your favorite? Hardcover. Hardcover. I love hardcover. What do you like about it? I just like the way it feels. I like how it looks on your shelf. This was my very first hardcover book, and when it came, I cried. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> it was one of my big goals was to have one of my books in hardcover. Yeah. And when it came, I was like, oh, my gosh. When did, you know, how did that translate into anything else that you tackle in the world when you are up against a challenge? How did getting your first hard book back in hard, or getting a book in hardcover, how did that influence you going forward? It made me like it took, gosh, eight years, eight years, seven years from the first time I started writing to have a book in hardcover. And, and if I had quit, it wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. So I do have some, you know, bigger things that I would like to happen that would not happen if I was to quit writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think lots of writers will tell you that it's really hard not to quit sometimes yeah, sure, sure. because it's a, it's, it, it can be a, a lonely um, thing. Uh, it can be a, a, I mean, it's you putting your, it's, it's you, it's yeah. you on paper mm-hmm. um, and it goes through editors and it goes through beta readers and it goes through everything. But at the end of the day, your name's on the book and it's you. If it flops, it's you. And it's hard <laughs> not to take, if it's successful, it's you. And it's hard to take that personally mm-hmm. either way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and getting that hardcover, it was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> something that I wrote is in hardcover. Something that I've been dreaming about forever. So from that, 
from going on from that is okay what would i like next would happen if there's a hundred percent chance that it won't happen if i quit right. and there's at least a little chance you know if you keep going so that was that was a big that was a big deal i really appreciate that story because most people that I have uh, sit uh, during an interview like this, we always hit on that moment in their life where something happened and they realized if they had given up that there wouldn't be the next thing coming. And it, um, you know, or they just realize a moment in their life where they have found the thing that's their calling or, you know, just that turning point, you know, and it can be, I don't want to say as small as getting your book in hardcover because that's really no small thing in the grand scheme of things. You know, it's a small book, but what it represents, the energy and the, you know, just, yeah, the energy, spiritual, emotional, physical energy, because you're doing so many things. And I think that's actually also part of your podcorn thing, you know, ask, asking about how you manage to be a school teacher, a mom and a writer. Mm-hmm. Is there any little secret you want to share with us about managing energy? Although I can see it's um, eight o'clock here. I'm not sure exactly where you're located. It's but- seven here. Okay. So you're a little bit pat. Oh, thank you for telling. Okay. So that's pretty good. Cause I don't know if you changed your clocks or not, but in my head, like this poor woman's got to get up at seven, you know, be to work at seven 30 and the <laughs> clock's ahead. So she's already missed an hour of sleep. So she's like ready to get off this, this thing and like be done with it. But anyway, so tell any, any trade secrets for those of us that don't run on hundred percent energy like you do. Oh, I don't anymore. <laughs> I used to. I used to not sleep very much. When I was putting out six or seven or eight books a year, oh I didn't God. sleep very much. Wow. When, when the girls were little and I was trying to build up a backlist, mm-hmm. um, no, I didn't sleep very much. I slept like maybe four hours and I, now it's caught up with me. But um, <laughs> what I do is I used to feel like a lot of mama guilt for mm-hmm. if coming home from work, being at work all day and then coming home and having a book deadline. And then coming in the office and sit down and write. Mm-hmm. And I would feel guilty because, of course, my girls didn't have any mama time. Mm-hmm. So what I started doing was I needed to write without feeling guilty. And I, I needed to spend time with my girls. Mm-hmm. And all I had was afternoons. So I started making 15-minute blocks. I would write, set a timer for 15 minutes. And that 15 minutes, I'm totally focused on writing and books and whatever I need to do for that and then when the timer goes off great I get up I go wash clothes I go play a game with the girls I go talk to them I go out of the office mm-hmm. and be mama mm-hmm. and I do that four times a night so I've written an hour but yeah. in that hour I've, I've I don't have the guilt of not seeing my girls of not getting you know things washed or whatever and I can focus on the writing very short amount of time and then I can go out of the room and do what I need to do out there wow thank you for sharing that little because I think that's a great idea I'm a great person to do things during commercials I don't really watch a lot of tv but I use commercials as the like go throw in the laundry uh, yeah. you know, run the vacuum cleaner, throw the dishes in the dishwasher, whatever the little thing is, you know? Um, yeah. and so that's, it's kind of the same way, but I also hear the school teacher and you coming out, we have 15 minute blocks and this is what we do. And then we stop and do the next thing, you know? And so I think that's really done you yeah. uh, a great service. We've got to plan. <laughs> that's right. Well, my gosh, you're so busy. I mean, you would have to be, I had a uh, interviewed another friend who's also, a, um, she's actually, a grade school counselor and um, has three boys and, and she's a community theater actress. And so she's quite busy, you know, in the evenings, the weekends, when, when, when it's happening, not during COVID, obviously. And Mm -hmm. I had to ask her the same question, like, how in the world do you manage this? Cause even just right now, just talking, I'm already like eyeing my couch over there and my blanket (laughs) and a pillow. And I'm like, this is, I've had enough. And she, and she, but she said kind of the very same thing. Like she's, I'm just very focused and I'm very strategic with how I use my energy and my time. And I do it exactly like this. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking maybe it's just the gift of being a teacher. Like you learn how to make the most of even five minutes with your kids or five minutes that you've been given. Right. Instead of me who would be like wandering around and like, Oh, I don't know. (laughs) Well, Teaching, you have to be very good at multitasking, too. I have to write IEPs with my school kids all around and making their noise. And I have to focus on writing. And that's a lot of help when the girls were little because I Mm -hmm. could, you know, I could 
I'd have to do it. So mm-hmm. you have mm-hmm. to do what you have to do. That's right. That's exactly right. You have to do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's it. As far as my questions, we were, I asked you about hardback and write. Oh, do you write in books? Do you ever get a, do you underline or highlight in books? Are you a book or in? I don't. Mm-hmm. You take notes on the side or any? No. Yeah. No I do books. have a friend that does it for her books and then she does, she gives them away as like a giveaway when her book comes out. I'm like, oh, going to start doing that. <laughs> that would be kind it's of in like little notes what she was thinking when she yeah. wrote like certain scenes. It's kind of like a DVD extra. I'm like, yeah, I need to do that. I would totally love that. One of my favorite mm-hmm. authors is Sue Monk Kidd. She wrote Secret Life of Bees. Yeah. She just wrote this um, book of longings and she was supposed to be going on a book tour uh, right when COVID hit. And so instead she did all these live interviews or interviews with small bookstores and you could, you know, and she had a book club online. So every week you could tune in and she would talk about, and right now in my mind, I'm like Sue Monk kid sending you secret messages right in the margins, <laughs> send me a book. <laughs> right? I love I think, it. I think there biggest, is something to that. I think it's one of her biggest like giveaway things. I mm-hmm. think, I don't know, but I think that's what I'm, I'm I'm going to get on that bandwagon. I think it's a I great idea. I think it'd be fun. I would love it. I love it, my really, favorite it's part. Just, yeah, my favorite part when I used to have DVDs was the DVD extras. Yes. And now they don't have those anymore. So. Right, right. But to really do, like when you're watching the editor's cut and the editor or the director's cut, I should say, and they're commenting in the background, like how this happened and what inspired them. And I absolutely agree. I, I mm-hmm. mean, I, I don't have... I wouldn't say besides Sue Monk Kid, I don't have, I'm not dedicated to one particular author a lot. I just enjoy reading a lot of different kinds of books, but there's definitely times I'm really wondering like, where did they come up with that? <laughs> a magical thing to me. And, uh, you know, I feel like I'm not an artist, but I'm an art appreciator. I'm not an author, but I'm, I love to read. And, and, and that's what we need, right? I mean, we need the people yeah. to make the art and then the people to appreciate the art. Mm-hmm. And, um, but also to just get, understand how people get inspired. It's just, it's the best part of being a fan. I think mm-hmm. that's one of the great parts. Kelly, I don't want to take up any more of your time because we went way over the 15 minute limit. That I'm sorry. Sticking to. No, it's all right with me. I mean, you've, you're the one with the family and kids and school and you know, <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm not going to go. I actually have my pajama bottoms on. So oh I'm going to bed after this. Um, but anyway, I do want to say thank you so much for your time. And just a reminder for every, so that, you know, and everybody else knows, you know, this video gets posted on the Bookshelf Shelfie's Facebook page, and then the podcast gets loaded, uploaded to iTunes and Spotify and all those other places that everybody's looking for podcasts. So feel free to listen. I'm always supposed to say things like, you know, like, and follow me. People my age don't really even know what that means. I, most of my friends only don't even know what a podcast is. They just watch me on Facebook. It's easy, right? So, um, but I'll be sure to share it with you too. So Kelly, I'll say goodbye to you off the air to everybody else for Bookshelf Shelfies. Have a great week and I'll see you next week. Bye.